This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. And welcome into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM and 1025 FM KQAM. It's a Saturday morning. Great to have you along for the ride today, trying to wake you up, get you moving for the day because it's going to be a good one. We are getting out of the extreme cold weather, which is really nice, which means things might actually start opening up and might actually feel like normal and human again. So, hey, welcome aboard. Happy Saturday to you and welcome into KQAM here on Kansas Talk like we do each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 11. Big show lined up for you today. There's, you would think, uh, not a lot going on in the state of Kansas, but there is, of course, with the weather, with the legislation going on in Topeka, with the events going on here in the community. We'll get to all that and more coming up on the show today. At the bottom of this hour, Kansans for Life will have Jean Gauden. She'll be joining us to talk about the abortion bill that passed out of both chambers of the legislature just a couple weeks ago that's going to be on your primary election ballot uh, next year in the 2022 election cycle. So we'll talk about that, where it came from, the decision that came out a while ago from the Kansas Supreme Court saying that abortion is protected by the Kansas State Supreme Court, and then what this bill actually does, because it's being, of course, like usual, misrepresented by the mainstream media and from the other side of the aisle. So we'll talk with Gene Godden about that with Kansans for Life. Also at the top of next hour, we'll have State Representative Leo Delperdang from District Number 94 here in the Wichita area to give a legislative update. All of this like usual, presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. For your buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all of your gold and silver needs. It's been a hot market, especially with all the craziness that's gone on lately. Make sure to check out Phil's Coins. They're opening up in about a half hour also uh, until about 2.30 this afternoon. But also, they are having a special event going on right now. It's been yesterday and today, and he's out there right now. So we had to get an update on what is actually going on out at Cessna Activity Center right now today, which you can get out there until uh, they're open until 4. Make sure to get there a little bit earlier before they start wrapping up all the displays for you, but the coin and stamp show out there. But Phil Martinez of Phil's Coins out there. Phil, how are you, my friend? Just fine, sir. Hey, it's good to have you on here. Happy Saturday morning. You got, you're you already out all set up, ready to go, aren't you? Oh, yeah. We're, we're standing there. We're getting there, starting to come through the door now. I love it. Now, uh, yesterday, I know you guys were open yesterday and today. How'd yesterday go? What uh, What kind of displays are out there, and what could people expect? Oh, there's quite a few uh, large stamp presentation. A lot of a lot of big stamp dealers here. I mean, there's there's guys that my God, I can't believe all the stamps that are setting out here. I mean, there's, <laughs> I mean, there's, uh, I can't believe there, there's a guy that looks like he brought his cabinets with him, and he's he's actually he's probably got an area. There's probably twelve, fourteen foot cabinets covering one wall, stacked probably seven, eight foot deep, tall. And so, I mean, there's there's some really big stamp dealers here. I mean, you know, for the stamp enthusiasts, there's no, uh, you're not going to do much better for a stamp show. This, you know, Ralph puts on a tremendous stamp show here, and uh, coin presentation is pretty good. They are trying to do social distancing and and uh, you know, mask required, and so everybody is uh, set up and seem to be doing a good job. Uh, some of the stamp, some of the coin shop. Some of the coin dealers yesterday were so busy they they were at their tables all day and couldn't get away from their tables. So some oh, wow. so they're having so there's some people out here that's having tremendous shows and and the people that did you know not huge numbers because the weather and and there were some advertising problems with this show but at the same time uh, the people that came in yesterday were spending money. Everybody everybody here was spent. There wasn't no 
tire kickers that we you, know, you see a lot of tire kickers at a show like this. But at the same time, and we'll and we welcome them. Don't get wrong. If you want to just come in and and look and see what's going on here at the show, we're more than happy to to have you. And um, so you know, and uh, the, the dealers here will buy or give you information. I mean, we do that all the time. I had two different people drive in from you know, 30, 40, 50 miles away to talk to me about buying collections, and I made appointments for them to come in and take care of things. But uh, the people here that came in yesterday uh, brought money. They were they brought their list, and and uh, so sales were pretty brisk yesterday. For I mean, there wasn't a lot of people here, but sales were brisk, and we're hoping for a better day today. But uh, they're all here, and all everybody out here is ready to take care of the people coming in. Well, I love it. And as you mentioned, the tire kickers, just the ones wanting to come and, and just look around. It. You can go and you can look around, but if you find something, you're going to buy something because, I mean, there's so much cool stuff out there. Uh, now, how many ancient coins are out there have you seen? I don't know. I didn't get away from a table yesterday. I, I mean, I I went to one table and bought a few coins that I needed from a notebook. And other than that, I was at my table all day yesterday. Fantastic! I love it. But I mean, but there's there's dealers with gold. A lot lot of nice. Uh, uh, Dean Smith's from uh, Lawrence is here, and he's got he always carries some really nice uh, high dollar stuff. He's got some beautiful currency. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so there's you know, but it's, it's a pretty good duray. There's gold and. Uh, kind of limited amounts of silver out here. I mean, technically, for the silver aspect, I, I'm about the only one that's got any number of stuff. I have more silver than the whole show put together, probably. <laughs> but uh, but that's, that's kind of piece. expected. From that, yeah, you large when you're the largest coin, uh, largest bullion dealer in Kansas. That's pretty well what you expect. But I just loaded up enough to get me by, and we're taking care of. Actually, that dealer's coming and buying stuff from me because they didn't have it. Wow. So, wow. I love so it. It's, it's, it's a working, but so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's a free parking and, uh, and, uh, no interest fee. You can just walk in. We'd be glad to have you. No, no, no charge, no cover charge to get in the door. Then you can just walk right on. Oh in. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We never have cover charge here at the show. Uh, that's perfect. That's a great way just to get out and enjoy. I mean, the fact that uh, the temperature's warming up a little bit today is supposed to be in the forties. It's a yes. perfect day to maybe get out, get outdoors and enjoy. Absolutely. A bit. I mean, you know, that what's, what we were saying yesterday, the people that came in, some of them were so excited to get out of the house for the first time. And God knows how long they were all <laughs> impressed that, you know, they come in here and, he walked around, but everybody was spending money yesterday. So for for the people who was here, I mean, you know, we didn't like say have swamped hundreds of thousands of people in here. But for the people who was here, they were all spending money, and a lot of them walk up to table and just hand you a list and go, "I'm looking for this, this, and this." And very cool. And one one dealer said they'd go up there and he'd give them to him. He said they didn't even ask for a price break. He said they they just so thrilled to find coins and have them. And right now the uh, coin markets are tough. I mean, there's everybody. Uh, with the coronavirus the way it is, there's been a lot of people just like me. I mean, uh, my invent- like my coin inventory, my numismatic material inventory, I'm down by half. I oh, mean, wow. I, I mean, you know, and that's just from, that's just from the second week of January. I mean, I had when I did my inventory, I probably had uh, five 16 inch boxes just full of coins, and I can't fill I can't fill two and a half boxes right now. And everybody's got the same way. Everybody, there's nobody, you know, there's people not coming into the shops to sell, but they're still coming in to buy. And so basically, you know, but there is a very good selection of coins here at the show. I love it. And that's what I wanted to ask you was what kind of range could you expect there? I mean, just from the, you know, a couple dollar things there to some really specialty items. I mean, you can find pretty much anything there, can't you? Yeah, I had had a dealer come in here and buy a bunch of stuff yesterday that he was looking for some high-grade 
uh, common stuff, and and some of that stuff was only thirty, forty, fifty cents. I mean, you know, depending on what he was buying. But I mean, there's, you know, there's if you want to spend fifty cents, you can spend fifty cents, and if you want to spend ten thousand dollars, well, there's people out here that's probably got something in that price range. <laughs> I love it. Now, as you mentioned, though, you need to warn everybody that if you're going to go to the show, then bring cash because you're always going to end up overspending when you show up to one of these shows. <sighs> I tell them, I tell people to only bring what they're prepared to spend. And uh, a matter of fact, I loaned money to two customers yesterday that uh, was thinking they could run, come in here and run a credit card, and nobody takes credit cards out here. And so, that, you know, the checks or cash will work, but he, he didn't leave, bring his checkbook. He was going to run on a credit card. So I was actually loaning customers cash so they could go buy what they wanted to buy, and then they'll just send me a check. So. Good, good. Don't do that for everybody, but I do that for people I know. For some people, sure, absolutely. No, I love it. How yep. many dealers are out there? Uh, I want to four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. 20, about 25. Wow. Coin and stamp dealers. Yeah. That's great. It's a decent show. Now, as you mentioned, the doors close at four, but uh, if you want to get there and actually look around, you need to get there yeah. way before four o'clock. If things usually start slowing down towards uh, midday or whatever, and, the, and if the dealers, a lot of these dealers have distances to drive, I've got some going to Lawrence, I got some going to Oklahoma, I got some going to Missouri. So if they're not real busy, they'll start packing up. So I'd say, you, you know, if you really want to see something, you need to be here at 3 o'clock or earlier. 3 o'clock or earlier. I love it. Check it out. Because last, last year I packed up to get out of here. And, uh, you know, there are people coming through the door going, well, I'm coming out to see what's here. And they walk in and go, there's nobody here. And I said, well, you waited till five minutes before the show closed, and everybody's packed up and trying to get home. So Yeah, that's very true. So yep. the wife yep. and I made that yep. mistake a couple years ago as uh, most everybody was yep. wrapped up, except for you. You're always the last one out of there and you always have your display out to the last pretty minute. much yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah i love it cessna activity center go and check All it right. out at 2744 george washington boulevard it's the coin and stamp show phil martinez with phil's coins rocking it out there with uh, by far the largest collection that everybody probably has and uh go have fun no cover charge and uh, free parking just wear your mask go out and yep. have a good time get out and about phil i know you're busy my friend yep. so we'll let you go but have fun okay. and look forward to getting a recap from you well, I appreciate you, and I appreciate all the radio station does for us. So you, you have a blessed day, sir. Hey, you as well, my friend. It's always good to talk to you and have fun out there at the show. May have to go and check that out myself. So we appreciate that. Phil Martinez of Phil's Coins, uh, we appreciate his time. And, by the way, uh, bringing you this presentation of Candace Talk each and every Saturday morning. So, Rocket, it's a perfect way. Get out and about this Saturday. It's supposed to be warm, 20 degrees right now. It feels amazing outside, and it's supposed to be in the 40s today anyways which is the warmest that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. So, heck yeah. All right, open line, see you at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, I'd love to hear from you today. There's a lot I want to get to, and at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking with Kansans for Life about their big bill. Uh, we haven't had them on the program for a while, so I think it's due to chat with them about their bill that's coming up on the primary election ballot next year in the 2022 primary election. Not the general election, but the primary election. You will have that bill to a constitutional amendment on your bill on your ballot uh, come next year so we'll talk about that plus leo delperdang coming up next hour as well but there's a lot i want to get to today we have the backlog of covid19 vaccination reporting from the department of labor or the the kansas department of health and environment along with governor laura kelly and she's passing off the blame so we'll cover that here in just a minute as well plus utility bills 
have you seen your natural gas utility bill yet? Is it coming for this month? And what the heck is it going to look like after the ridiculously cold that we've had the last couple of days? We've had rolling blackouts. What the heck's going on with our utilities? And the natural gas going from $3 per cubic foot to $600 per cubic foot, where they are saying the average household could see a natural gas bill of $2,500. When usually it's anywhere from 50 to 80 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever it is, $2,500 for an average home across the state of Kansas for your natural gas bill. What the heck? Some businesses needing to shut down after seeing a $2 million natural gas bill for a couple of weeks of usage because of how cold it was and how the shortage, quote-unquote, was in the state. So what the heck's going on? We'll discuss some of the uh, the, the energy in the, in the state of Kansas and what to do from there and how we go about trying to address issue because I don't know about you, but I can't afford a $2,500 natural gas bill if that's what I end up seeing. So guess what? You're going to get the same payment that you always get every month, and we're just going to have to go from there. So we'll get to your thoughts on some of that and more, and uh, uh, we got a heck of a lot to cover. Let's go ahead and take a break. we got some calls on the line. Don't go anywhere. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll open up the lines to you. We'll get the show kicked off here for a Saturday right here on the Big Talker KQAM. It's Candace Talk. Don't go anywhere. Twenty-three minutes past the hour. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Happy Saturday morning. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Just to remind you as well, we do have the Facebook live stream back up and running. As of last week was the first week that we have been able to get that going. They blocked me for a while due to, you know, the crazy controversial breaking community standard codes thing that you say on Facebook for like, (laughs) I don't know, promoting conservative values on social media. So we are back live on there. You can go to Facebook.com slash 1480KQAM. You can watch the live stream of the show and watch my ugly mug first thing in the morning trying to wake up. I'm not awake yet, but I'm here. I'm actually feeling pretty good today. It's nice and cool outside and woke up a little bit early, getting ready for the day. Got a big project lined up for the day. So, hey, it's a it's a good day. So hopefully it is for you as well. Let's get the ball rolling for us, shall we? We've got a lot to get to, but let's go to the phones here as an open line Saturday for you at 316-721-8255. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Mr. Andy. What's going on, sir? Hey, let me tell you something, man. It was so cold last week. I had to decide, should I drink my beer cold or should I microwave it? Mm. <laughs> and now, I like contrast it. The, it's going to be so hot. It's going to be so hot come Tuesday. I'm going to be outside on the deck working on my tan, and I'm not going to be wearing nothing but my old feedback phone from my days when I was a stripper with Chippendales. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was not an image that I necessarily needed to see in my mind, but... Uh, now, what is the temperature? I know it's supposed to be in the 40s this weekend. What's next week supposed to look like? Well, uh, it's inching closer to 60 every day. Wow. Come Tuesday. All right. I can time. deal with that. Now, I have to admit, yeah. and you may, and I made a post about this on social media. You may laugh at me a little bit, but Monday, Tuesday, when it was like negative 20, negative 15 degrees outside, I did go outside and went to work and everything just in my T-shirt and did not put on a coat. And I kind of, when the wind's not blowing, I honestly kind of enjoyed it, I have to admit. Now, obviously, not that many people enjoyed it or liked that very much. But I, uh, me doing the 
the health kick I'm trying to go on right now and doing the cold exposure and the cold therapy that's supposed to re-energize your body and reset your body and reset your immune system and, and all this stuff. I, I did. I, I went outside in the negative 20 degree weather on my T-shirt and it honestly wasn't too terribly bad for the short exposures that I was exposed to. Well, that's good because uh, you, at those temperatures, you could get frostbite in 10 or 15 minutes, so... Yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't It wasn't like a half-hour stint outside. It was about five minutes, but you go outside, you do a little deep breathing thing and, uh, you know, start the car, get things going, and it wakes you up. It makes you feel a little bit of alert and alive. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of enjoyed it. So I tried to make the best of the situation. Well, that's good. I tell you, I walked out the door this morning, and it was 21 degrees, and I walked out the door at 9 o'clock, jumped my truck, come down mcdonald's here 21 degrees oh man it's hotter than the hubs of hell out here (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh, we'll definitely appreciate the cooler weather now as long as it doesn't dip below that to that negative 20 again so i'm down with it yeah let me leave you with this thought okay what you got occasionally something for you to picture in your mind occasionally once in a great while down at the senior center i'll get one of the biddies a lap dance but I got to be real careful when I do that because my back went out on me last time. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, be careful on that one. You don't need to be uh, crawling out of the home there as well. Sean, it's always good to talk to you, my friend, and uh, glad you're staying warm and safe out there as uh, so many are trying to recover after all the crazy cold weather that we saw this, this, this last week. So I do want to talk about that in a little bit because while the utility rates are going to be skyrocketing, so many people could be seeing – you know, a couple hundred dollars to a thousand dollars to an average of twenty, an average of twenty five hundred dollars for your gas bill coming up this next month after this uh, happened. We've been reading the news stories of cities like small towns, Kichai and Winfield, all around South Central Kansas here, where their city bill for natural gas to keep the lights on, to keep things going, their electric bills, where they say, oh yeah, we usually spend like one and a half to two million dollars a year for utilities. And for natural gas, and we have a $10 million utility bill for a six-day stint. Now, it's not just going to be government uh, government utility bills like that. It's going to come to your home as well. What the hell, man? While the Kansas Corporation Commission's like, yeah, we're going to look into it. Governor Kelly's just like, oh, please, government, federal government, you're my only hope. Please save us and bail us out with some more stimulus money coming into our state. She's not even trying to address the issue on the local front. She just wants the federal government to step in and take care of it. So that's reassuring. Thanks, Governor Kelly, for being the leader, the stand-up leader that you are, where you don't even want to try to address the issue. You're just like, oh, please, federal government, you're my only hope. I mean, Derek Schmidt. Candace Attorney General is even looking at it and saying, we have an issue here, and what can we do legally to try and get involved here and, and and kind of step in to handle some of this? So we'll get to that here in a little bit as well. At the same time, we have, I mean, I'm starting to notice a trend with Governor Laura Kelly, not just to be like, bash Governor Kelly Day, but I'm starting to notice a trend where she's not taking responsibility for anything that's going on in our state. We have the unemployment system that's still a train wreck, well, it's because of an old system from 30 years ago, and it's all brown bags, well, because they didn't sink any money into it. And we need to have a better system, and we just need to raise taxes to be able to increase government spending for these agencies. Then at the same time, we have the vaccine reporting re- issue right now to where the CDC at the federal government still says that we are 47 in the nation for vaccine distribution. Is that true? I don't know. She says it's not. They say it is. And she says it's because of a backlog in reporting from the pharmacies around the state of Kansas to report the numbers. And then the 
transfer of information from us to the federal government to where there's a miscommunication to where we're actually in the middle of the pack, but yet the CDC says, uh, CDC says we're at the bottom of the pack. And again, instead of saying, I'm the leader, I'm going to take charge and handle the situation, she goes, well, it's a backlogging issue and it's a lack of communication issue and it's not my fault. And please, government, you're my only hope. Please come and save me right now because I'm just way over my head. So it's a little troubling how she's responding to some of these major issues. You are the governor. You are the leader. You need to take responsibility and handle some of this stuff. And right now, you're, you're just not doing it. Talk about some of the, more of that a little bit later as well. When we come back, Kansans for Life, they'll be joining us talking about the upcoming bill, the constitutional amendment you get to vote on next year on your ballot. Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 on the AM side, 102.5 on the FM side, KQAM, plus on KQAMradio.com, plus on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash 1480KQAM. We have the live stream on there for the video feed. We also have the live audio stream online at KQAMradio.com and the TuneIn app. You can find KQAM there and stream us live on your phone all day long because we have a heck of a lot of good programming for you and we have a lot of good content for you each and every day. So great to have you along this Saturday trying to wake you up and get you going. State Representative Leo Delperdang from the 94th District. He'll be joining us in the hour number two of the show to talk about some of the latest and greatest out of Topeka. <laughs> I don't know about the greatest, but at least the latest. So it's been a weird legislative session for sure. They're only meeting like once a week in the chambers because of COVID-19. They're really just like self-isolating. So what the heck are they doing up there? We'll get an update from him Coming up here in just a little bit. Just a reminder for you, Candace Talk is always presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue for all your buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. They're open as of right now until 2.30 uh, this afternoon. Also, make sure to check out the Coin and, uh, Coin and Stamp Show going on at the Cessna Activity Center. It's totally free, no price at the door, free parking. All you got to do is show up with your mask on. And it's open until 4 o'clock this afternoon. Really get there before that at like 2 or 3 to make sure to see everything before they start wrapping up. But that Coin and Stamp Show, Phil Martinez, is out there right now. We got an update from him just a little bit ago. All right, let's get into some of the stuff and what's trending here in the state of Kansas. And as you know, it was a big week really right off the bat at the beginning of the legislative session. It was a, a big boom for the Republicans. All 86 Republicans voted for the bill in the House of Representatives. Say what? I know. That usually never happens in the Senate. Had a little bit of a struggle, but did end up passing it, which means it will be on the ballot for you in 2022 on the primary election ballot, not on the general election ballot. So you need to show up to the primaries. I know that that's usually a little bit lower uh, turnout, but that's one of the most important things that you can do, in my opinion, is always turn out for the primary uh, over the general election. But the passage of the Value Them Both Constitutional Amendment, and it's the issue of abortion. I know a very touchy subject for many individuals to think about or talk about, but it's important. And for a little bit of a backstory to talk about why we had to do this bill, what was going on before with the Kansas Supreme Court and the Constitution in the state of Kansas, plus moving forward, I'm excited to have on. She is the Director of Government Relations for Kansans for Life. We're happy to have on here Jean Godden with us. Jean, how are you, my friend? I'm well, thank you, Andy. I appreciate you coming on the show very much. So it's a it's a big year for you guys. I mean, I I know you've been working on this sort of thing for a while, but before we get into the bill itself, 
Let's talk about the buildup of this bill. I I left the state of Kansas for about six months and ended up coming back. And what I saw was the fact that the Kansas Supreme Court said, oh, abortion is protected by the state constitution. We've taken the power out of the hands of the state legislature. And now it's just, what, is it free reign? Is it just, I mean, protected by the state law? So therefore you can do whatever you want. What was the deal before this bill? Well, before the bill, the state legislature for over 20 years had been able to pass reasonable regulations on the abortion industry. Uh, things like women's informed consent, minimum health and safety standards for abortion facilities, parental involvement in minor girls' abortions, um, and no taxpayer funding for abortion. So those were some of the, the bipartisan-supported, uh, publicly-supported, uh, regulations on the abortion industry that the state legislature was able to pass. But unfortunately, um, one of the bills uh, called the Live Dismemberment Ban that was passed in 2015 was sued by the abortion industry. And um, that that case was litigated all the way up to the Kansas Supreme Court, where they, in 2019, cre- finally found, after 150 years, Uh, They found this so-called right to abortion in the state constitution. Not only that, but they also raised the level of of review for any legislation that's passed by the legislature. Basically, like what you said is, the state legislature, anything that they pass regarding the issue of abortion, will be presumed unconstitutional on its face. Mm. So all of these laws are now in jeopardy of being struck down because of that super protection for the abortion industry. They just went right for the heart, didn't they? Just right straight to the Supreme Court, and this is protected, so anything, therefore, that contradicts this is now unconstitutional and needs to be kind of washed away. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. So we're looking at unlimited abortion here in the state of Kansas. Are we starting to see an increase from that, or are we starting to see activity from the abortion advocates or abortion clinics? Are we starting to see an increase in that because of this protection now? Well, we won't have the actual stats for um, for 2020 uh, until next month. Uh, but we do know, for example, that um, Governor Kelly, she considers abortion, elective abortion, to be an essential service. And why states around us were closing uh, abortion facilities, were not allowing them to perform elective abortions. The state of Kansas continued. And, for example, at one abortion facility in Wichita, they bragged about having a 400% increase in business oh my gosh. during the pandemic. So just unbelievable. But yeah, when the stats come out from the health department um, next month, we should have a better idea. But the abortion industry that's suing these bills uh, in court have started to use that Supreme Court's ruling of this right to abortion um, as part of their uh, reasoning why they think these laws should be unconstitutional. Wow. That's a wild, I mean, it's it's wild how they just went above and beyond everything and just here, we're just going to lay this down, so therefore you can't do anything. So this bill, this value them both constitutional amendment, this essentially repeals that law from the Kansas Supreme Court, correct? It reverses that ruling and says there is no right to abortion in the state constitution, and that returns to the people through their elected officials, their state legislators, the right to be able to enact laws regarding uh, the abortion industry, to regulate the abortion industry. So if we repeal it back from the Kansas Supreme Court and the Kansas Constitution, then it's uh, what the media is telling us, what the other side of the opposition is telling us, 
is that it bans abortion across the board in the state of Kansas, that it doesn't allow anything to happen. And that's just not true. That's not the case. And if we're going to have a conversation about what the bill actually is, we need to understand the details of the actual bill. All it does is just say it's not protected. Therefore, we revert back to kind of what we were doing before with the state legislature having the power to control the limitations or regulations on abortion in the state, correct? That's exactly correct. Yes, it is not a ban. It's it's technically uh, abortion neutral because it does say that it returns to the legislature the right to be able to um, do at the will of the people to be able to enact regulations on this. But it doesn't say anything about banning abortion whatsoever. What's ironic is that when they want something in the Constitution, they just go to the Supreme Court and use the uh, use the agenda, the political agenda that the Supreme Court that leans a little bit farther to the left in the state of Kansas, unfortunately, use them to say, oh, yeah, we're going to make a ruling and a judgment. So therefore, just across the board, we're going to make this rule. We do it and we put it on a vote for the people to actually decide whether this is a good thing or not. I kind of sense a difference in tactic here. Absolutely. You know, this is a, a national uh, tactic by the abortion industry. They are going to states that have um, their their legislatures are conservative and pro-life, but their courts are not. And so what they're doing is they're suing laws, abortion laws, in their state courts in order to be able to find this so-called right to abortion in their state constitutions. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we know that what that's what they're trying to do is they've done it in several states. And uh, so that's why this is so critical to have value them both pass at the ballot box to be able to um, prevent unlimited abortion from happening here in the state of Kansas. Yeah, we're talking with Gene Godden, the Director of Government Relations for Kansans for Life. Talk about the process of creating this bill and what conversations that you were hearing from the legislature and from different legislators up in Topeka. I mean, obviously having all 86 Republicans pass this in the House of Representatives is a major feat because there's very rare times where even the conservative and the moderate Republicans unite to actually vote on something and get all 86 with a supermajority to actually vote on something. So how did this all come together and how did you get so much uh, support for this? Well, you're right, Andy. It was an historic vote, uh, especially in the House with every single Republican voting in support of Value Them Both. But um, but yeah, the, the Value Them Both amendment was the work of a lot of different organizations and a lot of different um, attorneys working together to see what other states have done and what would be something that would not only pass the legislature, it had to be worded just so to pass the legislature, and also to be able to withstand legal scrutiny. And then, of course, it's got to be something that would be able to pass at the ballot box with the people of Kansas. So uh, a lot of folks involved in getting that um, language just exactly so. But the thing is, um, after the uh, Senate passed the value them both last year and the House blocked it, we know there were four Republican men who voted against Value Them Both last year and blocked it from um, being sent to the voters. Yeah. Uh, we let Kansans know who supported Value Them Both and who did not. We were very uh, active in getting information out before the election to let people know, hey, this is the most important bill ever in the history of the pro-life movement in Kansas. And so we let them know who they should vote for that promised to support this. And because of that, they sent a tremendous number of pro-life legislators to support Value Them Both this year. And that's how we were able to get it with even bigger numbers than last year in both the House and the Senate. That's really good. And I got a question on Facebook, which I should have brought up the vote. I I didn't do that. So I don't know if you have it on hand or not as well. But the the question was, did any Democrats vote for the bill in either chamber as well? Or was it a straight partisan bill? It was 
straight partisan. There, just wow. like last year, there was not one single Democrat who voted to support value in the both. Which I've I've been involved in this um, in in legislation at the Capitol since 1995. And one of the first bills we got was the Women's Rights No Informed Consent Law, which just requires women to have the information before they choose abortion, information about fetal development, risks, um, options, those types of things. Do you know that bill passed the House 118 to 0 and 36 to 0? Wow. So we've had these laws for, for decades that have passed um, with bipartisan support, but unfortunately, even some of the same Democrats who voted for some of these bills refused to vote for value them both to protect those laws that they said they wanted enforced. So, um, yeah, sadly, not a single Democrat voted for value them both again this year. So they vote for the other bills that put some of the regulations onto abortion, but then when they vote to have that power back into their hands and they vote against that because now they've kind of what they want they wanted with the Kansas Supreme Court making that decision for them. I find that very interesting. It, it is fascinating. And, uh, you know, we, we tried to bring that up to them to say, you know, you say you don't like late term abortions. You say you want parents to be involved. But if you don't vote for value them both, it doesn't matter what you think, because the Supreme Court has taken that right away from you to be able to not only enact these laws, but to protect them. Yeah, that's weird. You would think being a government, you at least would want a little bit of that separation of power and that checks and balance system. And just for the Supreme Court to kind of come in and dominate the conversation is a little concerning uh, to me, for sure. Let's talk about moving forward. First off, I, I've got a lot of questions from this from people a while ago, too, on why it went to the primary ballot instead of the general election ballot for 2022. Was there a reasoning for that? I mean, obviously, Republicans, Democrats are still going to be able to vote on the issue just doing it on a little bit earlier ballot. Was there reasoning for putting it on that ballot? Oh, yes. As you say, Andy, everyone can vote. Independents, uh, Democrats, Republicans, everyone can vote in a primary election. Yeah. Uh, the amendment will be on their ballot. Uh, but it's important to remember that this is a, a local issue. This is a state issue. And um, we really want folks to get out. And we know there's people on both sides of this issue who are very passionate, and we trust they'll get out and vote for this um, on the August 2022 ballot. Uh, but also in November, you've got so many other uh, issues. You, we've got, of course, um, the state house will, uh, house rep, re representatives will all be up for election again. And then we also have some statewide and some federal races that will be happening. So it's, um, it, it's critical for folks to be able to focus on the value them both amendment because it is so essential to get that passed. So sure. that was why it's placed on the um, August ballot. Um, yeah. But also, you know, we're facing a well-funded abortion industry who can afford to purchase all kinds of um, advertisements when it comes to that November election. <laughs> and uh, we've got to work, you know, with our limited resources and take things to the people as best we can. And so, yeah, that that's uh, is why it uh, has been placed on the August uh, it's August second, twenty twenty two. coming uh, up. Of next year. It's been on that ballot. Yeah. Well, and as as you mentioned, uh, we're talking with Gene Godden, by the way, the Kansas for Life Director of Government Relations. You guys have transitioned really from the obviously the passing of the bill because it passed to now trying to inform the public from what the media is lying about of saying that it's going to actually ban abortion. Moving forward, though, the rest of the legislature, we got just a couple minutes left here, but talk about what else you guys are working on this year, because now you're kind of going into defense mode. Are you presenting any bills uh, right now, or are Democrats trying to push some other things that we need to try and be aware of and block? 
Well, yeah, value them both, of course, is our top priority. We really are not able to do anything else until we can get this done because we really need to to protect women and babies from this unlimited, unregulated abortion industry. But we are keeping an eye on other bills because, you know, the other side, the side that does not respect the sanctity of human life um, is out there. uh, And there are several representatives who are putting out bills. For example, you know, we get called the anti-abortion activists, but what we are is pro-life. And that is because we are concerned about the end of life as well. And so a bill has been introduced again by a Topeka state rep, um, which would legalize physician-assisted suicide. And so we just have to make sure folks know, hey, this is not a good thing. Um, You know, this so-called right to die, we've seen that in other states that have passed this, and it becomes the duty to die, where Mm. people who have have disabilities, who who are elderly, who are um, uh, having a terminal illness, where they are encouraged Instead of having treatments, costly treatments, they're encouraged to have assisted suicide, to have their physicians kill them. And so we need to really make sure that folks know about the threat this is to those with disabilities and the elderly especially. Sure. Now, that's another whole other conversation. We'd love to get you back on to talk more about that as well, because that's another thing that we, I think, need to be aware of and kind of focus on here in the state. But real quickly, in the next minute or so, have we seen an increase in suicides in the state, maybe because of COVID and the isolation and and just the financial instabilities right now and all the craziness going on in the state and really the, the country. Is that a concern that we need to start shifting gears for to pay attention to right now? Well, I think that's been coming out, definitely. I haven't seen any any statistics specifically for Kansas, but I do know from the various articles that I've been reading that absolutely you know, we are not people that are meant to be isolated from each other. Yeah. And so there there has been a lot of that, um, not only with the kids, of course, who are not in school um, and having that, um, you know, camaraderie with their student, with their, their fellow students, but, um, you know, also people, the elderly, especially who are maybe in nursing homes and they're not allowed to have visitors. Um, there's just a whole host of, of problems that come from all the lockdowns we've had. Um, and the isolationism we've had from the COVID. So absolutely, that is a concern. Um, in, in addition to, as I've mentioned, people who are traditionally at more risk of having um, their phys- Nope. Did we lose her, Jean? Uh, oh, there we go. I think we got cut off there. Uh, Kansans for Life, KFL.org is the website. Make sure to go and check them out. Gene Gaughan, the Director for Government Relations for Kansans for Life. Gene, it's been a pleasure. We appreciate the time very much. we got to get you back on the show again and get another update from you. Oh, I think we lost her there. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll wrap up hour number one. Great conversation with Gene. We appreciate the time very much for her, and we'll definitely get her back on the show again real soon. We'll take a break right here on Kansas Talk, right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, KQAM, wrapping up hour number one. It goes by way too fast, way too fast. Thanks again to Gene coming on the program. I know we got cut off there for the last minute, but we appreciate her time very much and a lot of great information. It's about education and actually understanding the bills. It's crazy that the left can get away with literally the true, actual, literal lies of just, oh, hey, um... Yeah, they want to ban abortion completely across the state of Kansas. That's not the case. That's not what this bill does. 
I mean, ideally in a perfect world, that's a conversation we could have, but that's not what's really going on with this bill. And it's really just repealing it, giving it back to the state legislature that they used to have before with the regulations that they put on abortion and trying to discuss it and have an idea, uh, have a conversation about what it's actually about. But they're just like, nope, 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 nope. It's, they want to they ban it completely because it's in the Constitution, which it's not. They use the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness mentality in the Kansas Constitution that says, oh, you have liberty with your body to do what you want. The one before that says that you have the right to life, but that's, <laughs> that's another story. But apparently our Kansas Supreme Court's not the brightest to understand that concept as well. So it's a great bill. We appreciate them coming on, talking about it. We'll continue to talk about it going into the primary election in August of 2022. We have a year to make people understand what's really going on, so we're in a good position to move forward with that one. Wrapping up hour number one, hour number two, State Representative Leo Delperding. He'll be hanging out with us in studio for the hour talking about the legislative issues in Topeka. What's the latest and greatest or lack thereof from our capital here in the state? Plus utilities. $600 per cubic foot of natural gas. Millions of dollars for cities and an average household bill that look could look like $2,500. We'll get to all that and more right here on Kansas Talk. Stay here. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome into Kansas Talk. It's hour number two of Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM and 102.5 FM KQAM. Great to have you along for the ride today on a Saturday morning, trying to wake you up the best way we know how to do so, which is getting you upset about politics. Ah! what we do. Great to have you. Big first hour of the program, and we appreciate our guest, Phil Martinez of Phil's Coins, who presents this show on KQAM, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. He is at 9344 West Central Avenue. He is open now until 2.30 this afternoon. He's also at the Coin and Stamp Show at Cessna Activity Center today. It is free. You don't have to pay to get in the door. Free parking. All you got to do is show up with your mask. They're open until 4 p.m. this afternoon. Make sure to get there definitely by at least two or three to make sure to have plenty of time to look at all the cool stuff. That's where Mrs. Voice of Reason and I got our ancient coin from like 100 B.C. And I'm like, gee, how many glasses of mead did this thing pay for? Like just thinking about that throughout history is really cool just to have an ancient coin. It was like five bucks. So you can get that stuff. You can get particular coins. You can get stamps. You can get all the good stuff you're looking for with the coin and stamp show going on at Cessna Activity Center right now until four o'clock this afternoon. So make sure and go and check that out. We appreciate Phil's Coins partnering with us here on KQAM for you to be able to present us the show each and every week. Then we talked with Gene Gauden, Kansans for Life, about the abortion bill of what went through the state legislature, which, again, I am just flabbergasted that we could get all 86 Republicans in the House of Representatives to support the bill and get that one over to the Senate that had a little bit of a struggle, but they ended up getting it through, and we'll see that bill on the primary ballots next year so in studio to talk about everything going on in topeka and more from district number 94 it's state representative leo delperdang leo what's going on sir good morning andy it's always good to be on here yeah it's great to have you back in here it's been a little bit and i know it's a weird year last year was weird for the legislature because you guys just got kind of got cut off and done Mm -hmm. this year is kind of odd because you're i mean you're kind of working just kind of isolated and remote aren't you yeah it's a little bit different last year you're right we were we were up there, and we were gone by, I say March 15th. I don't know the exact date, but it was mid-March. We were gone out of there. So didn't get a lot of things accomplished that we wanted to. 
Um, we're trying to play a makeup for it this year. So there are a lot of bills hitting the house, hitting the floor, um, but they are predominantly bills from last year that we, for one reason or another, didn't make it through everything, or there are several bills that made it through the house prior to us being dismissed in March mm-hmm. um, that obviously had to go over to the Senate side, and the Senate was gone, so they died because of the COVID issue. So a lot of those are coming back up and, and making it through. Trying to ram it through. Yeah, yeah, but we are taking a lot of precautions up there. People are spread out all over the place. We've got them all over the the uh, house floor. We've got both of the uh, galleries, the east and the west, are loaded with legislators now. Interesting. And so we're everybody's got their, their spacing between us. And so far, really, I have not heard a whole bunch out, up there as far as any transmission of the of the virus. I was going to say, I haven't heard any outbreaks. I'm sure the media no. would be all over that if, I, oh, I'm Republicans sure not wearing masks. Yeah, I'm sure they would. The and, and, and like I said, there, I'm not going to say there's absolutely been none, but I, it's, if it has, it's been really minimal. I just really haven't heard anything on sure. it. So. Yeah, that's a good thing. And, and again, the media would be all over to be like evil Republicans, you know, spreading the virus, killing everybody, that sort of thing. So that's good news. There there are still a lot of bills going on. And I know that uh, it's open lines to you, by the way, as well, 316-721-8255, because there are a lot of things that I think need to be addressed that's going on. We have the the quote-unquote inaccurate reporting when it comes to COVID-19 vaccinations that has been going on with hearings in the legislature. We have the utilities that uh, I don't know if uh, there's anything the legislature can do about that I want to talk about. But before we get to all that, um, I heard one of the stories saying that we could end our emergency declaration for COVID by the end of March. We, we may not renew it after that. Is that a possibility? That is a possibility because one of the first things we did when we got up there was to extend the emergency declaration. The reason we did that was to extend our time to be able to work on a good, solid bill moving forward. I, I, I'm tired of the quick fixes. Let's let's fix this thing correctly and get it, get it done. Sure. Uh, I believe the statutes are 48-924 and, and 926, I think. Um that extend the emergency declarations to the governor. Those things were written back in the 70s. They were specifically for Kansas. We have issues with tornadoes. We have occasional issues with flooding. I mean, nothing like this pandemic has ever worked its way through the House or, or the, the Kansas area you mm-hmm. know, since the 70s. So we were, we were caught a little off guard on that thing. Um, there are concerns if, if people have asked, well, why don't you just do away with it altogether as far as the emergency declaration? Um, a couple of weeks ago, we were out, had a, had a meeting out at the airport terminals here. And at that time, I was able to talk to one of our Sedgwick County uh, judicial judges. Sure. And he made the comment that there are 119 high-level trials ready in Sedgwick County, we're talking murder, rapes, that kind of stuff. Big cases, yeah. If we did not extend that emergency declaration at that point in time because of the statutes and the constitutional right to a speedy trial, we're approaching or over the dates for a lot of these people to hear to be heard. And I tell you what, I didn't want my name on releasing 119 murderers <laughs> out into the public just because they did not get their right to a speedy trial. So yeah. that was one of the main reasons that we had to extend it on. Um, other than that, yes, we've got we've got committees and and 
people working diligently trying to get something ready so that we can run it through. We can actually transition here. I know that we're anxious to do so because we want things opened up. We don't want the restrictions anymore. We don't want just the, the, the shutdown anymore. We've been through it too long. I think we've adapted enough to where we can survive on our own without an emergency declaration. That's been a push for a lot of conservatives is just, you know, let's get things opened up. Let's get things opened up. Yeah. So we're doing it. We just have to do it in a smart way to where we're not back in a bad situation, uh, not just for virus, but for the unintended consequences that came thereafter. Right. And and we've got to keep pushing to get the vaccines out to the people. Um, it's up. Uh, we're, I know we're having some issues in Sedgwick County, but it's more of uh, the, the local and the amount of vaccines they're getting and so forth. But that needs to keep pushing. I'm not sitting here saying you have to have a vaccine. <laughs> that is your choice. Whether I take one or not is my choice. Whether you For do right or now not, it is. It, 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 and it needs to remain your choice. Yeah. But same token, it needs to be available. If you want one, it needs to be available to you. And I will keep pushing for that. Sure. Well, I saw the report that 65% of Sedgwick County, or 60, yeah, 65% was actually open to getting the vaccine. And the health officials are saying, well, we need everybody to do it so we can get to that herd immunity or else it's not yeah. going to be worth it. We're not going to be able to open up schools. Da, 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 da. So they're really pushing it. But if only 65% want to get it, then the other percent, they don't have to get the vaccine. If you have the vaccine and I don't, if I get the virus, then you're supposed to be protected. So who cares, right? That's the theory behind it. Yeah. Or, or I, and I'm still concerned because... At what point do we get to stop wearing the mask and taking <laughs> taking less of these precautions? And I, and I say that from the perspective of if you and I both have had the disease or have had our vaccinations, are we still contagious? Yeah. And I'm, But yet I'm still hearing, well, gee, even though you've had it, you're still going to have to take these precautions. And, and some articles say for the rest of, the, of 2021, I've read one last night that says it's going to be five years before this is done. And it, People aren't willing to put up with that that long. No. And if the vaccine is really working, at what point do we not have to worry about the contagiousy of it? Yeah, they're still saying you need to wear your mask even after you get vaccinated, which to me just doesn't make any sense. And mm-hmm. now they're saying even after the pandemic, will you still wear your mask? And some are saying, yeah, I'm going to wear my mask whenever I don't feel well or if it's like flu season and I'm just going to wear my mask all the time. <laughs> and I, I mean, do your own thing if that's what you want to do. That's cool. Yeah. I have, I don't care, but... Man, like we've lived in a biological world for 10,000 years. Why the heck all of a sudden are we scared of the air and what could potentially be in it? Like that just that boggles my mind. Yeah, my concern is it's becoming a cultural shift there going yeah. on. Um, and again, for those people that want to wear the mask five years from now, I, I cool. have no problem with thing. it. It's your choice. I'll back you all the way on that. What do they used to call? What are they calling us now? The bear face. We're the bear face because we don't like to wear masks. Yeah. 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 Now they're shaming us, shaming us. State Representative Leo Delperding. Let's talk about COVID vaccine distribution reporting. We, according to the CDC, we're like 45 or 47 ranked in the nation for distribution per 100,000 residents. We're at the bottom of the list. Governor Kelly says it's because of a lack of reporting and a reporting issue from our pharmacies and from our agency. And doing it in a different format or different way than what the federal government's reporting. So, therefore, it's just not caught up and not, you know, there's a crossed wire somewhere. Is that really the case or is that just like, I'm just not going to take responsibility for this and I don't know what's going on? I like, think what's going on it here? may be a little bit of both. Um, okay. I don't get a lot of information. I, I was going to say I don't get a lot of information out of her office. I really don't get <laughs> much of any information out of her office. So, um it, it just leaves a lot up to the to question that I don't have answers for, and I really wish I did because I think I owe it out to, to our constituents. And it, it's a big black hole going on here. We just don't know. But the The vaccines are getting distributed throughout the country, mm-hmm. throughout the world, but where are the vaccines coming in for Kansas? Are they getting truly distributed out to 
the counties and the locals. Um, that needs to happen. I've, I've talked to some of our county officials, and I know as of a few weeks ago, they were talking, I think for that one given week, there was, uh, goodness, I want to say it was 8,000 doses or so coming in for that one week. And I was told eight, uh, Sedgwick County is 18% of the population of Kansas, therefore they get their distribution of 18% of those doses. So sounds like things are coming in, but the question is, are they really getting distributed out here? And I'd, I'd like to have some answers. On yeah, that. I mean, that's the big question. I'm, now, look, if the vaccine is just not getting to the state, it's nobody in the state's fault. It's not the governor's fault. It's not your guys' fault. It's not the KDHE's fault. It's nobody's fault. Then we're just not getting any. But if we're getting it and it's not getting out to where it needs to be, then that's the serious issue. Yeah. And I know here in Central County now we're at least vaccinating individuals here 70 and older. So we're slowly working our way down and getting there. And then we just saw the announcement that they want to open up the school. So now we're going to start focusing on teachers and staff to be able to vaccinate them as well. Right. But if we're not getting that supply or we're not communicating enough, then how do we know when everybody's been vaccinated and we can start moving forward? Yeah, that's that's the other part. And I know the state itself, I think we're in phase Two, I want to say that, yeah. but it, it's sixty-five and older should be getting it. Right. But now we're at the at the county by county of that's where the seventy mark comes in. I've got lots of calls coming in. Well, I'm sixty-eight. I'm sixty-nine. You know, and actually a couple of weeks ago I was getting calls from seventy-three, seventy-four-year-olds. Yeah. Why can't I get it? And it's like I I don't have that answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we're in phase two. You should be entitled to get it at this point. Right. And I've even read up on on. I've learned a new term. It's called uh, vaccine tourism, where people are actually Ooh. going to other states, other counties, et cetera, in order to get it. Vaccine so. tourism. That's going to be a new fad. Hashtag it's, vaccine tourism. Go. I'm going to go to uh, Texas, and I'm just going to go get my vaccine down there, and I'm just going to sightsee for a little bit. Actually, so. there's a lot of people heading to Florida. Uh, All the, the way retired, to Florida? All the retired <laughs> people, because the, Flor- the Floridans in the, uh, that age bracket are getting what they need there. Oh, man, that's going to be crazy. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the industries that may mandate vaccination for you to partake, like flying, for example. I know a lot of the airlines want you to at least have a test and wear the mask, obviously, but uh, the mandating of vaccines to do the flying for future. So we'll talk about some of that. And uh, plus, I want to get your thoughts at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. We'll talk about that. Plus, the utilities. Are your utilities going up? And what the heck do we do after this last couple of weeks? Because we're going to be in a world of hurt here really, really soon. We'll get to all that and more here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. Twenty-three minutes past the hour. Thanks for hanging out here on a Saturday morning on Kane's Talk for the Big Talker KQAM. Open lines to you at three one six seven two one eight two five five. Covering a lot of ground today. Holy cow! We are making it. We are more productive than Joe Biden in his basement. Ha ah, ah, See what we did there? Come on, man. Welcome back in. State Representative Leo Delperdang here in studio with us for the hour, talking about numerous different issues going on in Topeka. I take that back because I guess if I'm as productive as Joe Biden in his basement, I wouldn't be very productive. No, you, no. you'd be hiding out in a studio somewhere. Uh, that's right. I would be pretending to be a leader or something. So I would actually be at home, like pretending to be doing a radio there show. There you go. There you yeah. Go. See, see what we did there. We just yeah. tied it all in. Uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about the other major issue outside of COVID, but it's kind of a factor because of COVID. 
But the unemployment, you guys have been doing a lot of hearings talking about the unemployment issues, the claims. The KDOL shut down the website for uh, three, four days to work on trying to put a secondary uh, verification process Mm -hmm. in to stop some of the fraudulent claims. And they say in like the first three or four days, there was like 600,000 fraudulent claims that they blocked. But then people are still like, well, we still can't get on and actually do the things we need to do. So it didn't really solve a whole lot for our end. Thanks for like not wasting money and stopping some of the fraud. But it didn't solve the issue with us. Where are we with this? Is it getting better or are people still not able to get their cash? I'm still getting tons and tons of letters from constituents and calls. Um, well, the governor's telling them to reach out to you. Yeah. the it, <clears throat> Most people, if you've been watching the media or the, the 6 o'clock evening news, uh, the governor's on there a couple of times a week. I've seen her where she's saying that uh, if you can't get through, reach out to your state legislator. They can help you with it. And through the summer months, yes, we could. We did. We had our legislative contacts over at Department of Labor. And the ones that I would always run to has, has just done miracles. I, I can't say enough good about her. Um, but since then, they've opened up what they called this legislative hotline. They gave us a specific uh, email address and so forth that we can send these, these issues and claims to. And the first week or so, I was getting lots of responses back from them. My concern now is I'm still getting lots of calls and emails from constituents. I'm sending stuff over to that email, and I'm not hearing anything back. They're not hearing anything back. I'm telling everybody, give it a week or two weeks, and if you don't hear anything, let me know. And all those people are calling back to me now. So I don't know what's going on there. All the meantime, we've we still got the governor saying, contact our, your legislator for this Issue. Contact your legislator, but your legislator is not getting the information back to know what's actually going That's on. That's exactly That's it. That's efficient. That's it's not a. It, I'm not going to say efficient. It's it's disheartening. Yeah. Because we should be there for the people, and we should be able to have answers for the people and help them along. And we're getting up hitting a, a brick wall at this point. Are we at least getting better with the system upgrades right now? Because that was the main issue. We couldn't maintain the amount of people that were actually trying to apply and the payments weren't actually going out or people were getting double paid or it was taken back out of their accounts. I mean, are that's is that kind of stuff getting at least straightened out a little bit or are we still I'm, having those issues? I'm hoping some of it's getting straightened out. I mean, I heard testimony last week from one of the officials there about how they're – this one specifically, I'm, I'll, I'll deviate a little bit. It was for uh, – uh, Department of, I think, Corrections or Transportation. It was Department of Corrections. But they said they're operating off the same similar systems as Department of Labor. And then they went off on this spiel of how, you know, it's 1970s technology. And I'm thinking, you know, in 70s, we didn't have, I don't <laughs> think we had DOS or anything. That was that came out in the late 70s. It was developed during the 80s. So we're probably talking mainframe technology. Right. And you think about a 1970s mainframe, you had 14-inch platters for holding one meg of information. I'm thinking, come on, level with us. What's really going on here? Do we have warehouses all over the state holding these platters of information for 1970s mainframes? No, we don't. Brownback did that. Oh, of course. Yeah, Brownback did that. There's got to be some answers there. You can't tell me we're operating on a 1970s personal computer somewhere to run the state's uh, Department of Labor stuff. Yeah, it's really un- unfortunate. We've been going through this now for almost a year, and yet we still haven't had the system fixed. I mean, you would think after the first couple of months, be like, wow, we have a major situation mm-hmm. here. We better do the upgrades we need to. We need to just put all the resources on there. And I get that it was kind of a time where everybody was kind of backlogged, and it was kind of a, 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 mm-hmm. a oh crap moment. But at the same time, 
we've had a year, a whole year to get yeah. this, and we still are. It seems like we're almost at square one where we were at the beginning of this. That's the concern I've got because you're right. We have been at this now for a year, and what where's the leadership for getting these issues corrected specific in the Department of Corrections or the unemployment? I mean, you've got people out here that are truly hurting. Um, I've I've dealt with hundreds of them over this past year, hundreds and hundreds. Uh, been successful in a lot of them trying to get the unemployment stuff started. But where is the leadership from those departments to step up and say, here's the problems, here's what we need to get them fixed, and here's what we're going to do? To me, this just reinforces the mindset that I've always had was that you can't trust the government to fix the issue because they don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that really lump that in? We've we've relied on them to help us out and take care of us during this time, and they can't. And to continuously put that faith in the government to do that, it, to me, is just a little crazy. Well, and that's, in theory, is I why mean, not to knock you as an elected official, you know, no, in government. No, but, but I was going to say, that's why you should have us as elected officials out there trying to help spiel this along. But right. we're not getting the answers that we're asking Yeah, for because either. it's being regulated by the governor. Would it be more efficient if instead of the government or the governors uh, in the executive branch controlling the department, would it be better to have the legislature can control the department? That may be an option or have a direct line to where they are, are I don't want to say reporting to the legislature, but accountable to the legislature. At least have a little more transparency and a a better liaison to communicate stuff. Yes. Yeah. We'll do some more of that when we come back. Plus, I want to talk about the utility bills when we come back as well. Will we see some massively high bills over the next uh, month or so because of the cold weather here in the state of Kansas? The rolling blackouts, the heck was all that about? We'll get to all that and more. Wrapping up the show today for a Kansas Talk on a Saturday morning here on the Big Talker KQAM.